It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Another injury update, some new jerseys, and a fresh look at the Magic's offense. It's time for today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 11th, 2022. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we get another fun injury update uh, this time regarding Markel Fultz. We'll talk a little bit about that, kind of where the Magic are on the injury front. There isn't a whole lot to update there since our last update, but hey, at least we're getting updates this time. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about that. Plus, we'll get into a little bit of the Magic's offense, what's changed for the better. It's the identity that the Magic are creating. We'll get into that coming up here as well as uh, some thoughts on the Magic's new City Edition jerseys. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Injuries have once again been the story for the Orlando Magic through the early course of the season. Um, we, we can pretty safely say the Magic have. A full, a full lineup, a full five-man lineup of rotation-level players. Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, Cole Anthony, Mo Wagner, uh, and Gary Harris all out with injuries, most of them for the for the entire season. Cole Anthony played a little bit at the beginning. Um, he's been out here for the last week or so. Um, he's expected back toward the end of the month. He's hoping Thanksgiving, early December. Um, not clear when Gary Harris will be back, although we do know he's playing five-on-five five with coaches. Not clear when Mo Wagner will be back. Um, Jonathan Isaac, we mentioned earlier in the year, earlier in the week, uh, is also now playing five on five with coaching staff, so he's taking some good progress. Um, I would uh, start to target maybe early to mid December is my guess. That is a guess, not any information I have, um, and, and all that. We are still waiting for guys to get back. Um, and, 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 you know, it's, it's still the number one question that I get is when are these players coming back? And, and even when I posted these updates and said, Hey, here's the latest information. It's met with skepticism. Um, frankly, fans rightly or wrongly. And I think in some ways what fans are doing is a little unfair to both the players and the team. And in other ways, I feel like the team has kind of brought this on themselves. Um, at the end of the day, the team is just going to take care of itself. They don't care what fans think about how they handle injuries. They're going to go through their process. And if that process works, they're going to stick with it. If that process doesn't work, then maybe they should change it. But at the end of the day, the goal here is to get players back on the floor. 
and get them back out there permanently. So we do we do did get an update on Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz tells Kobe Price of the Orlando Sentinel, and I cannot stress this enough. Go read Kobe Price's article on the OrlandoSentinel.com. It is subscriber only, so I always encourage people subscribe to the Orlando Sentinel. Kobe Price, it, Kobe is doing a great job covering the team, um, and you know, give give you know, I'm not breaking news here. Um, Kobe's going to be the one breaking news, so uh, I would definitely follow Kobe uh, for the latest on the Orlando Magic as well. Um, Marco Fultz tells Kobe Price that you know if he had his way, he'd be playing tomorrow. He'd be playing tonight against the Phoenix Suns, and and, and that's just that's something that Jonathan Isaac has said several times too. But there's still a process to get back. Um, it's not always about that, and and Markel Fultz, just like Jonathan Isaac, understands that there's this process going on. As Fultz says, Fultz tells uh, Kobe. He is hoping to be back within three to four weeks. He's doing his his boot is off. He's doing some light work on the court, doing doing a little bit of contact one on one to one on one, maybe some three on three with coaches, um, but essentially still very much kind of handicapped with what he could do. He is running on treadmill. He's doing a lot a lot of workout stuff. Essentially, what Fultz said is they're waiting for the fracture to fully heal. Um, that is the step he is at. If, if, if we're looking at like, okay, what steps are the, what steps are players at? What are they doing? Mark the step that Markel Fultz is at is his fracture needs to fully heal before he can even think about stepping on the court, and that hasn't happened yet. Um, the last scan showed that it wasn't as healed as the Magic would like it to be. He'll go in for another scan soon, and if that comes back clear, then becomes the ramping to to, to get getting back on the court and playing. Look. I, I get the frustration over this. Um, if Marco Fultz is playing, the Magic probably have maybe two more wins. Um, I think he's that valuable, and I think he's that good. Um, it, the Magic are missing some very, very key players, and, and it, uh, it does seem like Orlando is moving slowly in getting them back. Um, you can draw whatever conclusion you want out of that. But I, I always have to, like, I always want to pause and take a step back and back here and say, look, this is an NBA 2K. This isn't this isn't a video game or a computer or a machine where the injury says he's out two to four weeks and in two to four weeks he's suddenly available. It, it, shoot, even those kinds of injury recovery timeframes, I think are really unfair. Um, I'm gonna say it right here. I agree with the Magic's decision and the Magic's philosophy of not putting timelines on player returns. I think that that is ultimately a good thing and does more for the player and his health than anything else. So, you know, I've seen some some people say like, look, something's going on, this you know recovery from this injury, especially with Gary Harris's injury, and I think Gary Harris will be the first one back on the court. I'll go on record saying that. Um, it's been a while since I've been in the Magic Practice Facility, though, because of um, my schedule, because of their schedule, and a lot of practices not, not happening or, or being pushed back. Um but, but, you know, I, I've seen some people say like, look, uh, recovery from Gary Harris's meniscus surgery is usually eight to ten week, eight to ten weeks, or four to six weeks, or whatever. We're at week seven. We're at week eight. What's going on here? Well, guess what? That might be typical recovery, um, and but it's different for each individual. And at the end of the day, the Magic's responsibility is to the player themselves. You don't think the Magic want these guys out there? You don't think the Magic want to see what Markel Fultz looks like with this team or what what Gary Harris can 
can give this team. Uh, yeah, sure, there is less pressure to win, so maybe there is less pressure to get them back quicker. There's more of an emphasis of, hey, let's get this right instead of let's do this fast or let's do this as quickly as possible or, or, or do that last stage while he's playing. Maybe that exists, but I think it's really, really, really important to remember these are human beings first, and each body responds differently. Um, you know, I I, I had a, a, a friend, you know, who talks to me about magic stuff and is frustrated sometimes with the pace and, and the direction this team is going, say what that that what Markel said is is wrong or is BS, and I'm just like, and I'm just like, dude. If the Magic aren't clearing him or the Magic don't feel like the fracture is healed, he ain't playing. You know, it's it's that simple. I mean, look, Markel Fultz can't do anything, can't play basketball if that fracture isn't healed. And frankly, there is, you know, you could do surgery, you could put a plate in, you could do screws. That's going to take longer than what's going on here. And so at the end of the day, it's just waiting for the body to naturally heal. And, And there's nothing you could do but wait, sprained ankles are the same way. You know, Mo Wagner, I'd love to have him out there. I think he'd be really, really valuable for this team. I don't know what the deal is with him, and, and, and maybe there's a little bit more to, to learn there, but I've sprained my ankle a million times, and it sucks every single time you do it, and you can't do anything with it. You could stretch it. You could try and, you know, do some little workouts, um, at least as a normal Joe. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's different when you're in the NBA. But at the end of the day, you can't do anything until it heals. Now, even Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac could not have surgery on his ACL until the swelling in his knee went down. That could take a day. That could take two days. That could take a week. It's just how it is. And each body and each circumstance is different. So, you know, I, I get the frustration with the injuries. We are getting updates. We, we do know where these guys are at. And, and, and you know, that's that's been my criticism of the Magic and the way that they've handled these injuries. It's just leaving everyone in the dark allows everyone to kind of fill in the gaps or to create their own stories and create their own narratives. And, and that's not good. That's not serving the team. That's not serving the player. Because then all, then all of a sudden you have some people saying, well, the player's not trying. All these guys are trying to get back as quickly as possible. I mean, again, that's, 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 that. I, I have no doubt about that. I know who these people are. You know, it, it, at least we're getting updates now. At least we know. Jonathan Isaac is doing five-on-five with coaches and is, is waiting to graduate to players and getting himself back into game shape so he can be back and be back permanently. That's the big thing. You're back and you're back permanently. No setbacks, no nothing. And and yes, that takes an extra step. That takes an extra lo- little bit to get there. Um, but that's how, that's how this team approaches things. Right or wrong, that's how this team approaches things. So again, we have updates now. We know where guys are at. We know what they're doing. We know what steps they're taking. It's been confirmed by both the players doing it themselves and by Jamal Mosley in a lot of ways. That's more than we had all of last year. Um, so the, the Magic are at least giving us updates this time. But at the end of the day, it's just patience. Injured players are injured. They can't do anything. No one's faking an injury. No one's milking an injury. They're injured. They're hurt. They're out. And we just got to be patient to let them back in the game. We're going to talk a little bit about the Orlando Magic's offense and the steps that it's taken over the last few games, or over the last few games, and really this whole season. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Bet Online. 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis this season. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed, so if you want to bet on who the next coach of the year in the NBA is going to be, who the most improved player is going to be, who the rookie of the year is going to be, you can find it all on Bet Online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So, I've been really thinking a lot um, about the Orlando Magic's identity and, and, and the kind of team they're wanting to build. Um, as I've told numerous people, um, as, as I've as I've kind of said to a lot of people, and and, and that's a, I know that's frustrating because this team has talent, and I'm not here saying and excusing some of the losses the Magic have had. The Magic's record should be better. The results should be better, and, and we should be judging them a little bit by the results. But this season. It's very much about setting up what this team is going to be two, three, four, five years down the road. It's about seeing what Powell Bancaro can do, how much Franz Wagner's expanded his game, and then figuring out how best to build a team around these core players. And that team may not get built in a day or in an offseason, but this season is, is allowing some experimentation. It's allowing to see what works and doesn't work. And so some failure is expected and allowed. Not only that, it's a young team learning how to win. They're going to make some mistakes. So it's it's more important this year that we see this team continue to grow and get better as the year goes on. But it's more important this year that we begin to learn these things and we begin to see who this team is going to be. I've often kind of said that I think Jamal Mosley is coaching the team the Magic ultimately want to be rather than the team they necessarily are. So if it does feel like there's some square pegs and round holes, it's because the Magic are thinking, you know, I've, I've made this analogy a ton this week, I will make it again. The Magic are thinking about the forest and not the trees. They don't care about this game as much as they do what they learn for the bigger picture of things. And again, that's why I say this year is not about this year. It's about learning and understanding and growing. Now, I don't want to see Jamal Mosley stick with something that's clearly not working. Uh, I want to see experimenting with some purpose. I, I, I want to see some consistency. I, I still want to see the team try and win. I'm not forsaking wins or saying anything like that. 
But they go out there, they should be going, they should be going and playing to win, and they should be coaching to win, and maybe there's some things they want to see in the process, but they'll get it done and 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 not sacrifice the game to do it. That that that's my opinion. And so the biggest disappointment I've seen this year is that the defense hasn't quite figured itself out yet. Um, it, it, it just feels like they're throwing out length and expecting it to be good when, when it takes a little bit more than that. However, there is a surprising side to that coin. And that is the Orlando Magic's offense is actually decent. Oh, maybe decent is a relative term. Entering Wednesday's game, the Orlando Magic were 19th in the league in offensive rating. Um, and, and obviously Wednesday's game did not help matters a ton. Um, but overall, the Magic's offense is performing far better than any of us could have expected. In fact, it has been a running joke that um, in it, is, it has been a running joke that the Magic have one of the worst offenses in the league over the last ten years. They're constant, they have not been outside the bottom ten in offensive rating since Dwight Howard left. And so, just this little hint that the Magic might be escaping the bottom ten is actually kind of exciting. 19th in the league at 110.3 points per 100 possession. That's, that's you know, not great, but pretty solid. The way the Magic are doing this, though, is really, really interesting. They're not shooting a ton of threes. They're actually, the three-point attempts are actually like taking a nosedive. It's actually kind of interesting to watch because the Magic are really putting an emphasis on one big piece of the puzzle here. Jamal Mosley's talked about it plenty of times. He wants this team to put pressure on the rim and pressure on the paint. He wants to be a driving, attacking team. And if that means the Magic are isoing a little bit more um, to, to try and create ball movement, trying to try and create some tension, try and create a little bit of rim, rim pressure, so be it. This offense is very different from what it was last year, and the Magic seem to be really stressing this paint pressure thing. Again, these stats are entering Wednesday's game. That's when I looked them up, so I apologize if they need some updating. The Magic are averaging 52.7 points in the paint per game this season. That is 7th in the league and up from 45.4 points in the paint per game last year. That was 22nd in the league. 7 points doesn't feel like a lot, but again, 7 points is the difference between averaging 103 points and 110 points per game. In addition, the Magic are taking 30.5 field goal attempts per game within 5 feet of the basket at 60.9%. That's 14. That's 14th in the league in those kinds of attempts. They were the same last year. So again, just little, little, little small differences. Further, NBA.com's tracking stats entering Wednesday's game again. Orlando is 12th in the league at 47.9 drives per game, scoring 30.5 points per game with 3.4 assists per game off drives. Last year, the Magic were similarly at 46.9 drives per game. That was 11th in the league. But they scored only 25.5 points per game and 4 assists per game off those drives. So obviously... There's something different here. The Magic are scoring more points in the paint. They're driving a little bit more. They're dating some shots around the rim. They're doing some really, really interesting things there. On top of all this, the Magic remain third in the league in free throw rate. And this this is a fundamental and critical change because over the last decade since Dwight Howard left, the Magic have been not just a bottom 10 team in free free throw rate, They've been a bottom five team. They've been one of the worst teams at getting into the line over the last decade. And why is this important? Well, right now, the Magic are essentially taking one free throw for every three field goal attempts. They're like 31%, 30% um, free throw rate. So essentially, 
almost one free throw for every three field goal attempts. Just really kind of let that part sink in. Last year, they were at, what, 22% free throw rate? So almost one in four, really one in five field goal attempts. This is, this is, the analytics people will tell you the three most, if the two easiest shots in the league. Let's not even get into the most efficient shots. The two easiest shots in the league are layups and free throws. And right now, the Magic are doing pretty good at creating two of those. The three most efficient shots in the league are obviously layups, layups, dunks, free throws, and three pointers. Um, because three pointers are worth the extra, extra point. The Magic are doing really well with two of those three at the moment. And that's created some really positive offensive results. Yes, the Magic are 19th in the league in offensive rating. Their offense does bog down. They're not passing the ball enough. The statistics show that. Their assist numbers could go up. They're isoing a little too much. That's certainly a, a, a negative thing. But there's still just all these elements that are positive. There are all these elements that do suggest the Magic are taking and making some very serious steps on the offensive end to becoming a significantly better offensive team. And to me, what we have here is is the makings of a better offense. Obviously, there's more things to layer on. Paolo Bancaro is a big driver of these changes. He averages eight free throw, almost eight free throw attempts per game, um, which completely changed. You know, no Magic rookies average that much average that much in a very, very long time. These are all things, you know, he's changed a lot of this offense and made this offense better. So there's obviously still more work to do. There's obviously still more things that this team can and will do to take those next steps. But the offense has an identity. We know what the offense is trying to do. We know what the offense is good at. And that's something we haven't been able to say about the Magic in a long time. Success for this team is about getting in the paint, getting paint touches, living in the paint, living at the rim, living at the foul line, putting pressure on the defense that way. And yes, the next step, the next layer to this is better kickouts to the three-point line, better finishing at the rim, less isoing, more using drives to create ball movement, to create pressure on that defense. There's still a lot more to layer on to this offense and a lot more this team has to improve on. But where we thought this team would be a strong defensive outfit pretty easily, this team's figured a lot of things out on offense too. Limit some of those turnovers now and things will get a lot better. Surprisingly, the Magic are a good offensive team. And, And that's honestly something to get excited about here early on in the season. The Magic released their City Edition jerseys. We'll talk a little bit about them coming up here in just a moment. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. 
J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick and roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So, at long last, the Orlando Magic have released their City Edition jerseys. Uh, these jerseys have been leaked out for a little while. Um, I would I would describe uh, Magic fans' reactions to these jerseys when they were first leaked out as tepid to negative. Um, I think that a lot of people were kind of confused by the font, you know, kind of confused by the look. Um, you know, again, so and, and I always said I always told people like, hey, let's see what they look like in real life before we go crazy about them, and B. Let's hear the Magic's explanation for why this was the jersey style they went with or what the story is behind the jersey. Remember, these City Edition jerseys from Nike are supposed to relate to the city in some way. And and, and I think some people were questioning that aspect of it. Um, but, you know, again, patience. Let's, let's, let's hear what they have to say. So the jersey's out now. And, and honestly, like, I'm not going to be the biggest style person, so I won't tell you whether it's, a, you know, I'm probably not the person to tell you if it's good or designed or not. I'm perfectly all right with it. It's pretty basic, you know. I like the black. I like the design on the black on the black jersey. Um, the mat, the Orlando font that they're using is different. Um, I'm not against it. I'm not offended by it. It's a fine jersey. Is it the greatest Magic jersey of all time? Heck no. Nowhere close to it. Um, the the new statement edition, the new statement edition jerseys or whatever they're called, um, I think are a lot better than 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 this jersey. But these jerseys are perfectly acceptable. I, I think, you know, again, people who are just really upset are a looking for something that is really difficult to design when you have to make a jersey every year. Not every one of them is going to be a winner. Not everyone's going to, every one of them is going to be great. Um, these are these are acceptable. Um, you know, some people said, well, they're still bottom 10 in the league. And I'm just like, well, the gap between some of the worst city edition jerseys and this jersey is going to be pretty wide. So I'm not offended by, the, by these jerseys at all. Um, the Magic said the story is they're here to defend the kingdom or, you know, some something like that, defend the rising kingdom or, or something like that. So the font is very kind of medieval times-ish um, it, for that Orlando. Uh, a lot of people speculated during the offseason that they're trying to emulate the font used on Church Street Station. Honestly, I would have preferred that. Um, I'd rather see them do something that connects to the city, um, that speaks to... Uh, speaks to um, what this city is about. Um, again, you can say what you want about the orange jerseys and RIP to the orange jerseys. Um, it, it was a new idea. The, the space jerseys, the orange jerseys, were different ideas. They were a little bit out there. I, I applaud the team for taking a risk, for trying something new, for doing something a little bit different. They didn't always work. They weren't always the greatest, but it was different. It was bold, and, and I do appreciate... I do appreciate when people try something different and something new and 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 don't just kind of retread a lot of the same things. This is an opportunity to try something different. They sold well, and that's really maybe all Nike cares about in the end. Um, so, you know, I this this feels like a hey, we tried something really crazy. Let's do something simple. Let's do something a little manufactured, perhaps. 
um, and, and go with it from there. Again, I'm not offended by these jerseys at all. I, I don't think they're terrible. Um, you know, we'll see what they look like in action, of course. Um, they're not terrible to me. I think they're so, I think they're solid. Are they the best jerseys in Magic history? No. Are they better than some of the other City Edition jerseys? I think so. Are they the best jersey in Magic history? No. Again, I can go back and look at my jersey rankings and, and see where I would place them, but I'm not losing sleep that the Magic's jerseys are what they are. Magic City Edition court um, is really, really nice. Black paint with the same kind of design as the jersey, with the Orlando with the kind of black and white Orlando Magic logo at center court, um, and the city skyline along the bottom. Big fan of the Magic City Edition court. Um, I, I think that's a really good, cool court. I'm looking forward to looking seeing it in action. I'm actually, I've not looked this up. I'm not sure when the Magic will first wear these jerseys. It might be Friday night against the Phoenix Suns. Um, so we'll see about that. Um, again, it's they're just jerseys, guys. So 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 calm down, please. Um, it, they're fine. They're not they're not anything egregious. Again, like I said, I I would have preferred that they do the Church Street Station font. Um, you know, they do something that's related to the city somehow. Um, that to me, that to me, that's what these city edition jerseys are supposed to be. It's supposed to speak to the area. You know, this you can say what you want about the space jerseys. The space jerseys connected to the area said something about who Orlando is and what Orlando is. The orange jerseys it was a stretch and it was different. Spoke to who this city, who the city is, and what the city is, and so. I, I respected those efforts, even if I didn't love the jerseys. Um, I respected those efforts to really kind of lean into what Nike is going for with these jerseys. These are just kind of there. It's it's a silly story that the Magic created to to, to get us to these jerseys. Um, they're acceptable. I'm not losing sleep. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in him like Google, Spotify, Odyssey. And all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be following along as the Orlando Magic take on the Phoenix Suns on Friday at 7 p.m. So we'll have plenty to talk about as the Magic battle the Suns and uh, and get a chance at get a good chance at one of the best teams in the Western Conference. Now that you're done listening to me, please go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Locked On Sports if my copy will load, and hopefully I'm not garbled here. The Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus ancient reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. That's good to do for me today. We'll be back over the weekend to recap the Magic's game against the Phoenix Suns. So until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this is Phil Philip Boston. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.